Hello, and welcome into another edition of Not Just Another Sports Podcast, brought to you by Arrowhead Live. I am your co-host, Price Carter, and joining me, as always, is our co-host, Christian Amesworth. Yeah, well, let's go ahead and move on. We're looking past the weekend that was, and let's kind of look at the future here. We've got two more great games here. Let's go ahead and talk Rams 49ers for a second. Um, first off, we, we brought it up that the Rams are blocking people from buying tickets to the game if they do not have an L.A. zip code, which is pretty preposterous considering you know they want the money the same way. But can the 49ers actually pull this off? Do you think that they can go in there and win? I Here's the thing. I think what they've done is pretty magical. Um, I think I think their luck kind of runs out. This is not the same 49ers team from 2020 that our 2019. Their defense is not nearly as strong. They're very banged up. Jimmy Garoppolo is not playing quite as well. They don't have near the running game that they had in that year. And I also think that I also think that the Rams just have a lot more to play for in this game. I know that sounds stupid because there's a chance on the Super Bowl on the line, but I feel like the Rams, they gotta win this, man. I, I 100% agree with you. And as I mentioned earlier, they were our pre, preseason Super Bowl picks from the NFC. They're all in. They, they, are, they are bought in. They got Weddle out of, or Weedle out of retirement, the safety. They got OBJ from the Browns. They got uh, Von Miller from the Broncos. They, they have taken all of the necessary steps to, to advance as a team. And they were talented before. They're even more talented with Matt Stafford. The problem with the 49ers is that who really have they beat? And, and we talked about Aaron Rodgers and, and, uh, and Green Bay there for, for a little bit. Aaron Rodgers basically played like Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, so, so you played a, a, a pretty good team. Um, and, and how did you score most of your points? Oh, from special teams. Okay. I don't think that that's ever happened in a team as one. Scored, scored more points on special teams than, than their offense did and, and won a playoff game. You, what, didn't they play the Cowboys? Wasn't it the Cowboys who they played in the, the earlier? I yes, that's yes. They, yep. For they, sure they the won because, because the Cowboys stay the Cowboys and Mike McCarthy can't manage a clock. And, you know, I don't want to take anything away from what they did. They played very, very well in that game. They put the Cowboys in a position where – that was a factor. Sometimes you get in these games, it doesn't matter. You know what? We've seen Andy Reid burn timeouts left and right. We still win the games because our, our team is just constructed so much better. Now, they played against the team and, and put them in that position. But also, I, I wouldn't say that it, it was a crazy feat to beat both of those guys. And this team is definitely on a tear, and they're, they're playing very, very well, especially defensively. You can't just play good defensively against the Rams. Matt Stafford will eat you alive. Cooper Cup is going to have 300 yards this game. And it's not because he doesn't match up well, or they don't match up well against him. It's because OBJ is on the other side. Like, okay, you, you faced the Cowboys and they had CeeDee Lamb and Amari Cooper. Those guys aren't as good as these guys. Okay, well, we, we also had, uh, we, we faced Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Okay, well, you didn't really have the threat of somebody passing on you. Now you're facing Cam Akers, who is, is a very good running back in and of himself. And to, to me, this team, not only do they not match up well, the, the talent level to me is just 
off the charts. Jimmy G is going to try to throw this game away like he did against the Cowboys and against the Green Bay Packers. Only this time, the defense, I don't think, will be able to hold up. Matt Stafford's a great quarterback. They've got great weapons. I, I don't see this one being being very close at all. Yeah, I mean, here, here's the one thing. The 49ers have beat the Rams six times in a row. We can look at that one of two ways, right? You can look at it as that's a trend that's going to continue or this is for sure how the streak's going to end. I, I do think that there is something to Shanahan really knows how to manipulate uh, McVay. I think that, you know, he is an excellent play caller and they're going to have all the tricks dialed up. But man, I just, I don't know if they're going to be able to pull it off this time. I, I'm not going to call for a big game a big win by the Rams because I think one, I think Matt Stafford, as we saw in that game, along with Cam Akers can let a team back into a game for sure. I don't think that they're going to run and hide, but I think in the end, I think uh, I, I just don't think that the 49ers have enough. They're just really banged up too. I mean, Trent Williams is injured. Fred Warner still nursing stuff. We saw um, Debo Samuel limp off the field. It's just a lot to ask. And I mean, let's be real. No one thought that they were going to be here. It's definitely a huge success story for them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this feels like the 49ers chant or the Rams chance here. And then to, to have two teams back-to-back years host the Super Bowl in their own stadium, <laughs> crazy that it had never happened before and now back-to-back years. Game is rigged. What did you expect? They got, they got to fill up that stadium, man. They got, they got to sell tickets. Yeah, I – man, I – Gonna stay away from that one. All right, but let's let's go to the matchup that we really want to break down. Um, the AFC Championship was won by the Chiefs, which means now they'll host the uh, Bengals. And I did not Freudian slip. I did not Freudian slip that there. I think we can all agree that the AFC Championship was last week. Now the Chiefs just have to play this little divisional round to get to the Super Bowl against the Bengals. Here's what here's what I got to say about this. This kind of goes back to now th- this level of opponent is much more than the Steelers game was, but there was this narrative going around on Twitter the week of the Steelers game. It's like, you guys are all so worried about who the Chiefs are going to play next. Don't overlook the Steelers. They could come in here and win. You're right. They could any, you know, any given Sunday, all that, except for Patrick freaking Mahomes and Andy Reed in the playoffs at home have never been beaten in that formula they've well I, I take that back they did lose the afc championship that that was my bad but they do not lose at home they are not going to lose to the cincinnati Bengals at home and we can freezing cold takes this i will gladly eat crow but the fact that the Bengals beat them last year or last time they played in cincinnati with some of the most egregious refing that we've seen and truly some pretty bad play uh play by the Chiefs at the end of the game strategy there. That's not happening here. We saw that there there was a couple of plays in that game that are just those plays, and I remember sitting and telling my family, I was like, I guarantee you that play has been sitting in the playbook since training camp. Those plays are getting called. Andy starts going for the fourth down more. We get prime, um, prime Patrick Mahomes. There's a chance. Uh, there was a report out today that Rashad Fenton and Tyron Matthew will both play in this game. They, I mean, I, I don't see the Chiefs losing this game. Now, do I see it being close? Yeah, it can be. Do I see it being a blowout for Cincinnati? Absolutely not. And I think the Chiefs could get out away from this game. To me, the one thing that this game comes down to 
is are the Bengals going to be aggressive enough to push the Chiefs? The Bengals come out here, and, I mean, let's not act like the Bengals have just been a runaway freight train in the playoffs. They beat a Raiders team that had to have literally a magical situation to get into the playoffs. And then they scored 19 points against a decent Titans defense and three turnovers from Ryan Tannehill. And they generated 19 points. This is not, you know, prime Tom Brady or Pete Manning coming in here. I think Joe Burrow is good, but I don't think he's Josh Allen. Certainly don't think he's that. I think that the one thing is, is that if the Bengals are aggressive enough, if they go for fourth down a lot, they push the Chiefs, I think they can kind of get into a shootout. But if they play for um, dignity and try to, you know, play it safe, punt, establish the run, et cetera, et cetera, I could see this being kind of a runaway freight train for the Chiefs. Yeah, and I kind of have the same take. I think everybody kind of knows how I feel about Joe Burrow. I think that he's legit. I think he's he's very, very good. Did you watch the Titans-Bengals game? Because that offensive line play was some of the worst I have ever seen. I've watched college film. I've watched NFL film. It looked like the Jets of 2002. Like, I, I mean, just, just the worst offensive line play I have ever seen. You cannot do that against this Chiefs team. Melvin Ingram has shown you time and time again that, that he will not be stopped on his way to the quarterback. And now that Spags is implementing him in this designated pass rush slash uh, first down run stopper situation that like he, he excels at that really, really well. And Frank Clark quietly had seven pressures last game. Seven pressures. Chris Jones, we know what kind of monster he is. And Tershawn Wharton has come into these playoffs. I remember it was the, wasn't it the first week he was graded by PFF as the second best defensive player. He had like a 98 score. So he can come in. And those PFF grades are, you kind of take them with a grain of salt, but we have some really, really good defensive linemen here there that are playing very, very well. If that defensive line gets going, I don't care who is on the outside. I don't care if we're single covering Jamar Chase. I don't care if we're double covering Tyler Boyd, of all people. I think that 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 pressure will affect Joe Burrow in a way that it has not affected him the last game or the game before. And I know what Jamar Chase can do. We've seen him just play spectacularly. Ward for, for all of his deficiencies, for not being able to get the head, his head around and getting eyes on the football when it gets thrown at him, he was in nearly perfect position every single time the ball was thrown at him. That will not happen again. That, that will, Joe Burrow is, like I said, he's very, very good. He cannot throw a perfect pass to Jamar Chase, who's pushing off every single play. Not, not only will we probably see a change in, in how we play defense against Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon and T. Higgins, but the officiating was also, let, let's not forget, that was one of the most poorly officiated games we have seen as Chiefs fans. I saw a stat that said it, it, it had a 60% effect on the game, in the, the decision of the game. That will not happen again. And if if Patrick Mahomes, I almost called him Tom Brady. If Patrick Mahomes plays as well as he did this past game, dude, I, I think that it could legitimately be a 30-point win. And, and I, I'm not predicting that, but I am saying it could definitely be a possibility because that defense, not as great as it played against the Titans, 
I'll tell you that much. And Mahomes coming in firing. Travis Kelsey playing like the greatest tight end to ever live. And Tyreek Hill, if he gets man coverage again, dude, just just call it a touchdown. Like you know, we don't even call the play. If you say that Tyreek Hill is single covered, it's gonna be a touchdown. And and I got I got the same feeling about this game as I did the first time going around against the Bengals. I, I don't think it's gonna be close. So some numbers that I think are pretty important to this game. Um, the Bengals defense is not horrific, but it's not the Bills defense. The Bengals are one of the least heaviest blitzing teams in the league. They are 26th in the league in blitz percentage, according to football reference. Now they are more middle of the pack. They are, let's they are, appears to be 16th in hurry percentage. So just below the bottom half of the league. So they're, they blitz very little. They're at 10.8% hurry percentage, which, you know, in QB pressures, basically. They do not blitz. They are a sit back shell type of defense. Now I want to talk about another number. This tweet comes from Adam Levitin. I did not pull these numbers. Um, the narrative was that the two deep safety was the thing that was going to end Mahomes and the offense and that they couldn't figure it out. Here are Patrick Mahomes' numbers against cover two defense in the last seven games. Or Sorry, sorry. This is his last seven games, not just against cover two, but just overall. 190 of 263 passes for 72.2% completion rate. He's averaging 319 passing yards per game. 20 touchdowns, two interceptions, and a 6-1 and one record. I think they have that defense figured out now. I think that they have figured out how to utilize that. Looking at those numbers, it looks like the Bengals are going to come in here and try to do the same thing, and it, it's part of what carved up the Bills. And um, people who have a Bills profile picture are in every comment section of tweets about the game saying, yeah, but all of Mahomes' plays were yak. And all of Josh Allen's plays were to receivers who were high school wide open. Okay. Yak is not like, it's not like Yak doesn't count. Okay. He still has to make those reads because I'm here to tell you if they go single high on them, they will target the ball downfield. The, guess what? The Steelers did that on like two or three plays. And those were the plays that Mahomes hit Tyree kill deep. They know when to, they know when to strike now. They know how to handle this cover too. And if the Bengals come in here and try to not blitz and just sit back and let everything come to them and try to prevent the big play, the Chiefs will just march up and down the field like they have. Likewise, if the Bengals come in here and try to blitz the shit out of Mahomes, he's going to carve that up too like we've seen before. They are getting to the point, and this is what makes, and honestly, minus not having a third option like Sammy Watkins, this might be the best we've seen the Chiefs offense execute. I don't think it's the most dynamic it's been, but it might be the best they've executed because we saw that the Chiefs can really effectively run the ball when they need to as well. And I, for one, loved seeing Clyde Edwards-Alaire and the role that he was in last week because he, draft pick be damned, as a change of pace back, he's excellent because he's so different than what they've seen. Having McKinnon be the lead back and then seeing CEH come in I think he probably averaged like 10 yards of carry in that game. Now he didn't have as many carries, but he had about 45, 50 yards, I think off the top of my head. And he just broke big run after big run. That is super effective. And he's great in that role. And at this point, the draft pick spent, I hope that he can continue to grow as a player and be a lead back. 
but I, th- I think that that comes in handy too. Yeah, I, I 100% agree with you. And Jarek McKinnon has been a godsend for this team. Like his ability to just break one is something we haven't seen out of any of our running backs. But Clyde looked so good against the Bills. And he, for whatever reason, I think he just has the Bills number. He's Every time he's played the Bills, he's looked incredible. This game was especially different because the first run that he had was 11 yards. The second one he had was like 13 yards and then eight yards and then three or four yards and then another 10 or 15 yard run. Like for, for whatever reason, Clyde against, against the bills and playing in the role he played this past week, he's done very, very well. Now I, I want to kind of circle back here. Um, and, and you talked about Mahomes and, and all of his yard, his passing yards being yards after catch. That to me, if, if you come at me with that, that, that shows me that like, that, that's one of the laziest narratives in the NFL right now is like, oh, Patrick Mahomes, he, he just dinks and dunks his way down the field. It's like, yeah, that's, it, that is exactly what he's doing. You're correct. And he's the best quarterback in the NFL doing it. And it's not because he can't throw the ball deep. It's, it's not because he's inaccurate when he gets out of the pocket and then throws across his body. No, it's because he's doing what the defense is giving him. Like he, he's taking advantage of the cover two. He's taking advantage of the man coverage. He's taking care. He's taking advantage of Travis Kelsey one-on-one with, with outside leverage. Yeah. He's going to throw, he's going to throw the slants. He's going to throw the crossers and it's not his fault. Tyree kill is the fastest player in the NFL and maybe the fastest player that's ever played in the NFL. Like Chris Johnson was, was really, really fast playing for the Titans. I don't know if he was this fast now, that's just one of the, the narratives that, that really, really gets my goat because it's like, you're not even watching the games. But if, if you think that, that Patrick Mahomes is just dinking and dunking and, you know, yards after the catch basically don't count, that, that's just lazy. That, that's just a lazy opinion. I agree. Um, so let's go ahead and predict the scores of this game. I do feel bad because we did do the position by position breakdown for the um, Buffalo game. We're not getting that deep into this game. Um, just know that we wanted to spend a lot of time talking about what was a great weekend of football. There was a lot of things to take away from here. The Bengals still have our full, at- our full attention. You know, we're one game away from the Super Bowl. The Bengals can absolutely come in here and win this game. I think it's going to be tough, but I think it's possible. Let's go ahead and predict our scores. Let's, let's go to the NFC first. Christian, what is your score for the NFC championship? So for the NFC championship, which is between the 49ers and the LA Rams. Sorry. I'm, I'm trying to read it off this, this page real quick. Um, I have the Rams winning. I think I made that pretty clear earlier. I don't think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be 34 to 24. I think, I think a 34, 24 is, is right about where it's going to be. I think that the 49ers get some points off of some Debo Samuel trickery but I think the Rams are just too much. And, and I think it ends up looking maybe a little bit closer than it, than it actually was. Okay. Yeah, I, I can see that. You know, I think that this game will get muddied up a little bit. I think that, you know, I think Odell Beckham Jr. has added so much to the Rams offense and kind of given them that big play weapon that they lost with Robert Woods. Very different players, Robert Woods and Odell Beckham, but they're, they're making it work. Cam Akers does look really good. Um, just amazing when he's come back from that torn Achilles. 
But I think the 49ers' ability to get pressure, I think if Andrew Whitworth plays, it's a big deal in this game. Um, their left tackle, I cannot remember the guy who stepped up for Andrew Whitworth, but he had a heck of a game against Jason Pierre-Paul. But they, they def- definitely need Whitworth back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this game to be a little muddy. I think I'm going to take the Rams 24 and 49ers 20. I think that, you know, they're, it's going to be one of those that the Rams have to make a play on fourth down to stop the 49ers from trying to tie it up or take the lead with a touchdown, I should say. So 24-20 Rams. That's a, that's pretty, pretty courageous. You. Well, I mean, you know, these are, these are just the, uh, you know, this is the third time they've seen each other. These teams know each other really well. The Rams have the ability to play good on defense. They, you know, obviously got plenty of playmakers on defense and uh, 49ers, you know, they, they have some good players on there. They're pretty banged up. And also, like I said, I like Jimmy G and Matt Stafford to keep a team in a game, keep the other team in the game, I should say. For the, yeah, well, a, for the AFC. Just, just one more oh, thing. Go ahead. I could really see some Trey Lance trickery in this game as well. So, you know, I keep, so, I keep thinking that that's going to happen, that they'll just like bring him on for a series and then just like completely do something different. But I mean, if they weren't going to do it in that snow game against the number one seed on the road at Lambeau field, when are you, what, what are you saving it for? You know, that that's something that I kind of wonder about. Cause I, I called for that in the first game against the, the Cowboys and it just never happened. It's very clear that they're very committed to only playing him as the starter, not as a part-time role. Yeah, it is kind of weird that that hasn't happened. That, that's that is really interesting that you point that out because I, I don't remember that happening a whole lot either. And that was kind of their big game plan, like during the regular season, wasn't it? I mean, they had Trey Lance in multiple occasions, switching it up on on different drives and even using him for special designed plays that they had for him. So, just a little odd. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I'm sure that it's all very spiritual with you know, who's the starter and whatever. Um, okay. AFC championship chiefs back to the Super Bowl. I don't think, you know, I, I'm going to speak for you and say, I don't see you probably picking the Bengals. It's just kind of how we think this game actually goes for me. I think that the chiefs, I liken this game a lot to the AFC championship against the Titans. Um, that game felt close there for a little bit, but kind of got out of hand and never really got back in. I just don't think that the Bengals are, I just don't think they're ready yet. Um, honestly, the comparison I'm going to make and, you know, f- flash forward to the off season, how it goes to me, the, the Bengals are a team that are a year too early. No one really picked them this year. They don't know what they don't know. They're a young team with a lot of talent. They remind me of the Atlanta Hawks from this year. You know, they wound up in the Eastern Conference Finals. No one expected them to be there. They shocked a lot of people. And this year, they've kind of regressed a little bit. And, you know, who knows what they'll do in the postseason. But um, I think the Bengals are just a little too early. I don't think that they're ready for this spotlight. I don't think they're ready for this level of execution. Um, I, I'm going to take the Chiefs. Um, I don't think they're going to get keep their streak up of going past 42. I'm going to take the Chiefs, 38, Bengals, 24. So a nice, comfortable two-possession win. So I, I do think you copied off my homework here a little bit because that was exact my exact score prediction. Before oh, that's weird. I, I was trying to think of what the Bengals, what the Chiefs Titans score was. I felt it was like somewhere around there. So I just kind of guesstimated that. Yeah, well, I mean, the last time the Chiefs played the Bengals, it was 34-31. And, you know, that was, there were a few different things going on in that game. And we already kind of discussed a lot of them, but yeah, I, I 
can't see the Chiefs losing this one. And, and you do make an interesting point about them being a little too early. That That's kind of almost exactly how I feel because Joe Burrow, like I'm, I'm really high on him. Uh, Jamar Chase, really, really talented football player. It just feels like they don't, that they're not, not that they're not mature, but like they, they if you, when you talk about the Bengals, you don't talk about the Bengals like you talk about the Bills. You know, you don't talk about the Bengals even the same way you talk about the Chiefs or some of these other AFC playoff, you know, playoff caliber teams, you, you don't really talk about them the same way. And maybe that's just because they don't have enough experience, maybe because it's the Bengals and we haven't talked about them being a playoff contender for years, but it, it just doesn't feel like the same. And, and when you look at the quarterbacks, yeah, Joe Burrow playing the national championship and won. That's not the same thing as an AFC championship at Arrowhead with Patrick Mahomes as the opposing quarterback, like, and, and a, a team you've played before that you beat, this is not, this, you know, playing against Georgia or playing against Alabama and, and they've got some good, good talent, but really, you know, you're kind of relying on your other players there. Andy Reid is a different animal. Patrick Mahomes is the, a man's man in the NFL. He's, he's a made man. He, he's going to be talked about as one of the all-time greats, even if his career ends tomorrow. Like, there's something about him that just I don't think they're ready. And Mahomes has shown that he is always ready. 13 seconds is, is too much time. So I think the Grim Reaper takes another life on, uh, on Sunday. And I think, unfortunately, it's going to be the Bengals. So. Okay, I've got two things real quick, and then we're going to get out of here because we're running a bit long. First is, I would kill to be at Arrowhead when they play Don't Fear the Reaper in the AFC oh, Championship dude. game, because that is going to be some serious goosebumps action. Like, if just being there and being in that moment, it's going to be awesome. I think we finally kind of got an organic nickname, although some of the shirts I've seen are pretty cringy, because, you know, you get into the Grim Reaper um, ide ideology and kind of the imagery that goes with it, and it's kind of like bad tattoos that you might see in a biker bar, but yeah, yeah. it's it's still pretty cool. It, it, I, I, it fits. It's better than anything else that's been generated. Second off, I was wondering... <laughs> okay, I just wanted to ask you, uh, at 13 seconds, were you hoping Patrick Mahomes ran a QB draw, or how how was that working for you? I just <laughs> I just wanted to know what, what you thought about that. I mean... Yeah? You, you want to know what I think? What do you think? I don't think Mahomes is as fast as Dak Prescott. I don't think he would. Have oh, okay. Oh, okay. 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 Yeah. So okay. they should have run it. The, yeah, the, the middle of the field was wide open. So I believe that they would have had time to do it and it would have been a good play call, but Mahomes is 40 time just isn't, it isn't up there like Dak Prescott. So yeah, well, we can only dream one day. Hopefully one day we'll get a quarterback like Dak Prescott. <laughs> you know what? Hopefully, hopefully <laughs> maybe Mahomes can lose some of that dad weight that he put on after the pregnancy. He, you know what? He has the ability to be one step faster than the person that's chasing him always. I don't so, know how. It's true. It's true. He's just one it's step inexplicable. Ahead. It's in, I've never seen a player that is just one step faster than every defender chasing him. Yep. It's true. Well, guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. As always, um, we appreciate your feedback, positive and negative. If you send us something mean, we might read it on the podcast. As always, you can follow me at Price A. Carter on Twitter and Christian at C. Breezy underscore edits. Thanks for listening to Not Just Another Sports Podcast. See you guys.